going on, everybody? Matt Major, Matt Major show. There's a shitty fade. I, uh... I really like music. And obviously, with Twitch and all this, this other nonsense, I can't play any pop music, any music that you have heard of before. But honestly, like, I gotta get over that, because... Uh, what you just heard there was a, a no copyright independent track that sounded pretty freaking cool, and uh, I really gotta, I think, start integrating some more music in the show. And just unfortunately, it's gonna be stuff that you may not have heard before, but that's a good thing. Let's introduce ourselves to some independent artists and some different types of music. I think that'll be fun. So we're gonna start kicking that up. F- going forward on the Matt Major show. I've also got some friends uh, that I've been speaking to, independent artists. You know, our man Joe Driscoll, international musical superstar slash Syracuse city councilman, uh, has some great music that he's already given us permission to play on the show. I've got another friend, uh, Brandon Crosway, who is an incredible guitarist, who has now got a gig uh, basically making demo videos, testing guitars for a guitar company which to me is just the coolest thing ever but he's got some great independent tunes that uh i will start bumping coming in and out of the show because that was always fun when we did the the bubba show you know we were on the uh, not the regular radio but we were on internet radio and we did it like regular radio and at every break in and out you know we'd we'd do a bumper song like that. It was one of the probably one of the biggest things that I miss from doing that show versus what we do today is that music portion. But hey, what are you going to do? So today we've got all kinds of things. We're calling the issue uh um, rather. We're calling the episode stimulate me cuz I think uh the stimulus and rather The entire COVID relief package that we've been promised for months now. Uh, It's it's finally getting somewhere, maybe. I don't know. But, of course, not all the things that we wanted and were promised are part of that. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, We've got a bunch of other stories. We've got some local news. Uh, We're going to be talking about some things going on in Syracuse today. uh, As well as the surrounding areas. Still getting... Incredible feedback and incredible numbers of people checking out the Ilian Fire Department story in the village of Ilian, the bigger story there. Uh, That's something that, again, we're going to be all over. Tomorrow I have scheduled an interview with, uh, not the current, but a former mayor of Ilian. Uh, And we're going to get a little insight, not necessarily on the particular issue, because this gentleman is is uh, removed from all that now quite a bit. But we're just going to learn how things are supposed to go. Like, what? How, how do you typically act? What are the procedures you typically follow when you're a mayor? And I think it's going to be an interesting, interesting interview. Um, I also want to remind you to hit up themerchlink.com. Now, you can go get there go there and get yourself some nice 315 Live or Matt Major Show gear. I mean, that would be cool. 
There are also t-shirts and skirts and dresses and a few leggings uh, with really cool designs created by local artists. And also, a portion of the proceeds from every sale, every dollar that we make, we donate. I don't know if you necessarily call it donate. We spend on buying food for healthcare workers. And we're going to be making our first big donation for that this week. Or, or uh, placing the order at the end of the week, I should say. I can't guarantee we're going to schedule it, the delivery this week, but... If you want to jump in and make that first drop-off bigger, please hit themerchlink.com. Grab yourself a hat, a t-shirt, or none of the above. There's an option you'll see right on the site where you can just give to this effort for the healthcare workers. You don't have to buy any of my crap. If you want to just help us do some good and, and put some yummy food in the bellies of people that have been drastically overworked while trying to keep the rest of us alive. Seems like a good group of people to say thank you to. And we're supporting the local restaurant industry that's just had the crap beaten out of it. So it's kind of a twofold effort to do something for local people. Uh, also, please just remember like, follow, subscribe everywhere. Our YouTube channel is slowly growing, and I mean slowly. I'm up to like 15 subscribers, which is twice as many as I had last week. So, that's all a very good sign. Of course, you can't monetize or do anything special on YouTube anymore until you hit like a thousand subscribers. So, you know, if you can hit that and ring that little bell, that would be great. And of course, our content is everywhere, so I, I can't blame you. And I'm seeing that folks are consuming it all over the place, and I absolutely love it. But the nature of this game is... You know, we, we uh, need folks to jump through the hoops on all the different platforms. If you go to 315 Live, if you choose just one platform, if you don't want to mess with all these different things, and Matt, stop telling me to go to different places. Okay, I get it. 315live.fm. That is the home base, not only of the Matt Major Show, but of so many other incredible shows from the area and from outside the area. And we're looking to grow that site exponentially and add a lot more local news from local contributors um, I think it's going to be become a really cool resource and if you go to that site if you go to 315live.fm you'll get one of those little those little pop-ups I know you see them everywhere but it says do you want to allow notifications turn on notifications on 315live and you'll get all our stuff if YouTube or Facebook ever shuts me down that's my home base You'll get notifications just the same. Works on your phone, works on your desktop. Just a cute little pop-up. Hey, there's a new story on 315 Live. It's cool. It's good stuff. And we hope to make it even better. So enough of my plugs. Let's get into the news here. Right out the gate, you probably know what we got. Probably. There's been a third. Andrew Cuomo... Uh, as I predicted, when it rains, it storms. The dam has broken. Whatever other metaphor you want to plug in here. This is, unfortunately, for all parties involved, 
There's there's no there's no positive side of the story. Just just so everybody's aware. But this is following the he's going down for his past sexual harassment template. Uh, let's get a little bit of, from the news and we'll get into it. Even developing now. And I promise we're not going to beat this to death. A woman is now coming forward accusing Governor Andrew Cuomo of an unwanted advance. Anna Rook is opening up to the New York Times tonight. It's important to note that unlike the other accuser, she was not working under the governor at the time. Rook tells the New York Times. Not sure why that's such an important fact, but okay. That she first encountered Governor Cuomo at a September wedding in 2019. We got a photograph of this. I don't know if they're going to show it in this report. I didn't watch the whole thing. But if they don't, I will. Um, it's it, This was actually captured on film. This is not good. At a reception in New York City, she says he touched her bare lower back. And after she removed his hand, she says the governor put both hands on her face and asked to kiss her. The New York Times published a photo of the interaction. This report comes, of course, in the wake of two former aides who have accused the governor of sexual harassment in the workplace. Lindsay Boyland released her full account last week. Charlotte Bennett came forward over the weekend to the New York Times. Now, after Bennett's account was published, the governor released a statement that reads in part, I acknowledge some of the things that I have said have been misinterpreted as an unwanted flirtation. So remember how I was saying going down the, the template? This is this is par for the course in the template. He's he's admitting it. So it went from denial to all right, maybe I did those things, but I never meant them that way. That's an admission of guilt without taking any responsibility. Uh, this is the point where things typically get worse, and they are. More and more people are coming out. And generally, this is where the resignation comes in. Now, there's a lot of debate. Will he go? Will he not go? A lot of people say, listen, he, he, he probably should, but he's going to stick around. He's going to be defiant. I think that's a valid possibility. But I also think, and, and I lean towards this is what will actually happen, I also think that he might be done before the week is out. Might be. I could be totally wrong. But this is this train is storming down the tracks that we've seen many, many times. And I won't be shocked if the outcome is not the same. But we'll see. This is the picture. This is it right here. From the New York Times. This is the uh, the part. It was a wedding. It wasn't a party. It was a wedding. That the governor had attended with this young woman. This is the moment that she speaks about in her claim. And it happens to be caught by a photographer. Now, a couple things about this picture. If you look at the governor's face, there's clearly a red light on him. Clearly. My assumption is that's some sort of light in the venue you know there's there's like colored party lights in the joint and a red one caught him in the face 
But as you look at this photo some more, you really don't see any other red or any other bright colored lights. So I don't know if if this is a filter, if they, if they like purposely made his face red, look like a demon. Because you could, I mean, if you look, I realize you might not be able to see in the stream, but if you see this photograph, you zoom in, you can clearly see that the red splashes over onto his collar of his shirt. So it's not just like he was, you know, hammered drunk and beat red. I really don't, I, I'm still going with it's got to be a light in the room. And I'm going to assume this is was in the photograph, not added later or or something. But on so many levels, man, it's incredible. Artie says he's wearing a red tie. He is. Um, but I think he's fucked. And, and rightfully so. Don't get me wrong. This is not good. Now, is this a... Is this a Weinstein? No. But it doesn't have to be. The bounce from the color reflective surface is kind of... Similar. Yeah, I agree, Artie. And, and that's what I say. I, I'm, I'm somewhat confident that it's just a matter of the photograph. It was not intentional. But man, it really, like, unintentionally speaks volumes, doesn't it? How he looks like a fucking demon in this photograph? Holy shit. Um, so I don't know what'll happen. I'm very, very interested to see. But... It's anybody's guess. Uh, you know, the big thing is now we're up to three. There was also, and I don't have it, and I apologize. There's also an old video clip where he's at an event, and he says to a young reporter who has a big sausage and pepper sandwich, which, by the way, looked like a really good fucking sandwich. But he makes some joke about her eating the whole sausage while his daughter's sitting there, while people are recording the interaction. You're getting a little too fast and loose here, Gov. And, uh, unfortunately, it's coming back to bite you. And, unfortunately, through his, uh, what many call his, his bullying management style, he's got a lot of people that aren't necessarily his biggest fans. He's got a lot of people that feel like uh, karma's coming back and, and we're not necessarily going to give you cover like we used to because we don't have to anymore. Homeboy's day may be done. We'll see. We will see. So, we got to talk stimulus and COVID relief package, I guess is technically what this is called. And the best way to start this update is with Weekend Update. Weekend Update, I'm Michael Che. I'm Colin Jost. Well, just like me when I'm drunk, Congress decided to spend a bunch of money at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> they passed a $1.9 trillion stimulus bill, and Republicans are calling it a liberal wish list. $1.9 trillion. I feel like we need Yolanda Vega from the New York Lottery to every time they see that number. $1.9 trillion! That was a horrible impression. I apologize to Yolanda Vega. But, I don't know, I think a liberal wish list would be avocado toast with Chrissy Teigen, free college for pets, 
and a hip-hop musical about Anderson Cooper starring Lin-Manuel Miranda. I would watch that. Just going to put that out there. Senator Lindsey Graham said he's very pleased that the bill will not include an increase to the minimum wage because over the years, Graham has actually grown to love the taste of fast food worker spit. Just going to leave that right there. Because that, that ain't even a joke, my friends. Senator, Senator John Thune said he opposed the $15 minimum wage because he used to get by on six bucks an hour as a young man. But that was like 40 years ago when rent was like a dollar and everybody had one porno tape. See, this is why Democrats never get stuff done. You keep leaving it to a vote and taking no for an answer. When Republicans lose a vote, they storm the Capitol. Why can't y'all get that mad? Say what you will. Where's the lie? about a guy in a Viking helmet taking a dump in Nancy Pelosi's desk, but he will not be ignored. Yep. Here's the thing about John Thune, that thing about um, where he talked about how much money he made on minimum wage as a kid. They did the math. That that $6 that he claimed that he made at that time should be $24 today. So if that's really what he wants to use as an example, cool. We will take that example. Uh, CNN's got some information about this thing, um, their headline is, there's a race to pass this stimulus by March 14th, and here's why. Give you that visual. Um, there's a few things that will run out. First of all, the temporary unemployment benefits are the first thing that are going to run out. That was the extra $300 a week that they added in the last bill at the same time we got the $600 before Trump left. In 2020, the end of the year. And the thing about that is, if you want to just rewind to how ridiculous it is that this fucking deal is not done now that Joe Biden's been in office for over a month and the new Congress has been there for two, they, they set these unemployment extensions to expire and we've almost hit that. Like, that's how close we are. It's not even a matter of we're going to get right in and we're going to do this thing, which is what was promised to us. They were somehow able to get right in and do that impeachment thing. Which I'm not going to say they shouldn't have done. Although its value seems to be incredibly minimal. But they did tell us that they could do this stimulus thing while they were doing the impeachment. They said specifically what they said. We could be having hearings on one thing and, and votes on another. We can work into the weekend. This is what they all told us. This is what they told us they were going to do. Here it is, March. And we're talking about the fact that half the bill is done. Keep in mind the process. The House has got to approve it. They've done that. The Senate has got to approve it. They have not done that. They then have to merge the two versions of the bill. This is how a bill becomes a law, if you guys remember the cartoon. After they go through that process of merging the two accepted versions, both houses have to vote on that again. And then it goes to the president's desk for a signature, which should be the quickest part of the whole deal. But 
We're talking about they're racing to March 14th. That's that's two weeks from now. So at minimum, we're two weeks away from this thing we were going to have the day Biden took on. Okay, beating a dead horse here. Um, but one of the big races is the extra unemployment money will go away. The new bill, at least the House version currently, uh, is going to uh, make that currently $300 payment a $400 payment, so it makes it even better. Again, another reason to get this shit done. Other things are expiring. Uh, tax incentive that gave employers expanded paid sick and family leave will expire on the 31st if the bill doesn't pass. Uh, food stamp recipients are receiving an additional 15% benefits through June. Thanks to the reef bill last year, the last package would extend it through September. Uh, what's not being extended. Uh, these are things that maybe even they want to, but they just can't get into the reconciliation process, which is what we have to use to get this bill passed, which is mildly insane. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, but the PPP, which I've encouraged folks, and I will tell you again, especially if you're a small business, even a one-person shop right now, they've changed the rules. They've opened it up. If you file a Schedule C with your taxes, I strongly encourage you to check out and see if you can get approved for this basically free money. It is a loan, but if you follow the uh, requirements, it should be forgiven. Free money to help your business stay afloat from the government. Us little guys, the, the big guys get billions of dollars in corporate bailouts, in corporate handouts, in gifts and grants literally every day. Get some of your tax dollars back and put it into your own small business, even if you are a one-person business. This is open right now for a limited time, and it might be incredibly limited. As we're reading here, the Paycheck Protection Program will not be extended in this program. Will not be extended. They are putting more money into it if they pass it by the end of the month. It expires uh, March 31st. And if they pass this bill by the 14th, they're going to add another $7 billion to it. That means they will have two weeks to burn through all that money. And maybe they will, or maybe they won't intentionally. Maybe that's one of those things where uh, we know it's going to expire, so we're going to say we're going to put all this shit in there because we know it's not actually going to get spent. I don't really know. Um, now, again, this is one of those things that can't be done through reconciliation. There is a slight chance, really little chance, but there's a slight chance that another bill could be passed to extend PPP before the 31st. I think that's probably incredibly unlikely. The federal eviction moratorium uh, will also expire on the 31st. Uh, and again, extension isn't allowable in this bill. But Biden can do that through executive action. That's actually how it got there is Trump did it through executive action. Which I find funny that every time conservatives talk about the eviction moratorium they get all pissed off and they scream and yell at governor cuomo who did do the same thing in the state of new york but they completely ignore the fact that their their messiah did the same fucking thing like they literally won't even talk about that it's comical people make me laugh um will it be done by the 14th i sure hope so 
I think there's good chance that it will. Um, but there's one other thing that wasn't in that article, and that is the minimum wage. And we've been talking about this going back and forth for quite a while now. Um, Bernie Sanders is the Senate uh, budget chairman, budget committee chairman. Uh, and he's not ready to give up, even though President Biden has already given up on his own promise to us. Uh, before that, real quick, uh, Jack in the chat. Might be a dumb question. Is it taxable uh, if not forgiven or if forgiven? Probably. I mean, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to say most likely it would technically be considered income. So I would think it would be taxable. I could be wrong. I'm not an accountant. Don't ever take tax advice from me, ever. Ever. So Bernie says uh, he's going to add the minimum wage amendment to the bill. Joe Biden's given up. Most of the other Democrats have given up. A lot of the other Democrats, frankly, didn't want it. They don't support this. Even though like close to 80% of Americans on a bipartisan level know we need a minimum wage increase and support it. Bernie knows this, which is why Bernie is going to force a vote. And what that's going to do for us is either A, it's going to pass, and we're going to end up with $15 minimum wage in this reconciliation bill, as we should, or B, it's not going to pass. But you're going to have a list of Democrats who are now on record killing the minimum wage increase. And we're going to beat them in the fucking face with it come election time. Which is the threat that, that Bernie is making here. And fucking yes. <laughs> Thank you, Bernie, for that. Um... Kyle here has a little bit of uh, a take on this. Let's let's get into what he has to say. The Senate parliamentarian, um, somebody. By the way, he's what he's going to do here is give you some background that I have not yet given you about why we're here and why we can't get this fifteen dollar thing in the bill, or so they say. Be who nobody ever thought about or knew who they were until like last week. Um, they decided, it's a she in this case, she decided, um, no, $15 minimum wage can't uh, be done through reconciliation. Why? Because I say so. I know Republicans do anything they want through reconciliation, but I'm going to say the Democrats can't do something that has like uh, 60 to 80% approval rating through reconciliation. Can't do it. Um, so, of course... Artie says, guaranteed not a single midterm Dem votes against it. I'm not so solid on that, buddy. I wish I shared your confidence, and I very much hope you're correct. But I don't know that I share your confidence in that. First, the reaction from the usual suspects is, oh, the... So, just real quickly, Kyle's talking about this parliamentarian. If you haven't heard of the parliamentarian, uh, you are like every other American on the fucking planet. It's, it's literally like a... Uh, an administrative position where this person is, is supposed to be like the reader of the book. So when we say, hey, hey, what does the book say about this? They go, oh, it says that. 
They're not supposed to be making decisions. And and like Kyle points out, in the past, when they've done this to Republicans, they said Republicans, hey, you, uh, this doesn't fit reconciliation. And that's what this whole thing about, this process of reconciliation. It's a different way you pass a budget bill. It has specific weird rules. So they go to this person and they say, you know, does this fit the rules? And that person says, no, I don't think it does. And if you're a Republican in a Republican-controlled Congress, you say, thanks for your input. Go fuck yourself. We're going to do it anyway. And then you do and you pass your shit. And you can do that at any time. Congress can do that. They can get rid of this person, which is what the Republicans have done in the past. Not just overrule them, just remove them. Bring in a new guy. Also something you have the power to do when you are in the majority party. When you control Congress, this is something you can do. So the idea that this random secretary tells us that uh, 30 million Americans can't have a raise, and, oh, that's the end of it. Sorry, guys. Shucks. It's total bullshit. And it's, again, a prime example of the impotent Democrats who really want to help you. We really do, but gosh darn it, we just can't. Lucky for us, we don't have to actually do anything. We've got an excuse. We can hang it on this fucking person. You horrible, horrible people. The process, we care so much about the process, we can't do it because instead of parliamentary, this unelected bureaucrat, we're going to let override the overwhelming majority of the American people. I swear to God, I did not watch this clip before I'm playing it for you right now. Kind of funny how his reaction is almost identical to mine. This is the natural reaction. We're going to let some random asshole dictate our policy now. I mean, you know, it's one thing when we have random assholes that someone at least elected in a district somewhere in a country, but it's not what we got. We got basically some staffer. And so Biden releases him. I'm so saddened by the decision from the parliamentarian. It's terrible. It's so sad. Now, what they don't tell you is this. That's an advisory opinion. They could override it if they want to override it. That's yep. it. It's an yep. advisory opinion. They can say, oh, interesting take. I disagree. And they can move forward with it. Yep, end of story. They're not doing that. The fact that they're not doing that says what? They don't really want to do the $15 minimum wage. I'm sorry, Correct. that's the truth. They don't really want to do it. So, now the $15 minimum wage is on the chopping block. By the way... You should fight like hell every step of the way. Every Democrat who really believes in this should make those who oppose pay a political price, and you should be vicious. You should be no holds barred. You should be clear about who the enemy is in this situation. And right now it is Biden and Kamala Harris, without a doubt. Throw in Joe Manchin, throw in a few others. But you should go to town. You should go to town and treat them like they're the Republicans because they are. They are on... 1,000%. 1,000%. We need to immediately stop this fucking team game bullshit. And we need to look at what is happening. Not even just what they say they want to do, but what are they doing? Right now, these Democrats in Congress are acting identically to the Republicans. There is no difference. 
in how they are approaching this issue. They aren't trying to get it passed. And again, it's very, very simple. There's no big challenge here. There's no big conundrum. Oh no, what do we do? You're in fucking control. This is the reason we put you in control. Remember? Give us a majority. Elect Ossoff and Warnock. You'll get your $2,000 check. That was bullshit. You have fucking control. You have control of both houses. And the White House. And you're still playing I can't do this because of them games? You gotta be fucking kidding me. What a bunch of worthless motherfuckers. People need help. And you want to play games. And not even do what the fuck people demand. That's the thing. That's why Bernie is going to force this vote. And that's why Bernie is going to get these uh, Republicans with a D next to their name on the fucking record voting against the minimum wage. I unfortunately don't share Artie's confidence. I think a bunch of them are going to say no, and they're going to have some excuse. Well, they'll they'll either hide behind the parliamentarian, or they'll say, well, no, we got a better idea. We're going to do a different, separate bill a little later, and it's going to be much better. You watch. It's going to be one of the two or a combination of those excuses for why these people won't vote for it. And then you'll get blue magas giving them cover. They'll, oh, yeah, well, you know, the parliamentarian. The parliamentarian. You didn't know what the fuck a parliamentarian was a week ago. But we're going to eat it right up. Because we play the team game. We don't give a fuck what actually happens or whether or not these people are trying to actually deliver on what they've promised for us. They're on my team, so they must be doing it right. Pass the lube back. Fucking people. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie and a few other senators uh, have another approach. Uh, she's got a proposal for a wealth tax. I'm, I'm for this. The majority of Americans are for this. Democrats will never pass this. Uh, the proposal is called the Ultra Millionaire Tax Act. Released with Congressman uh, Jayapal of Washington and Congressman Boyle of Pennsylvania. They put a 2% annual tax on households and trusts between 50 million and 1 billion they put an additional 1% on households and trusts over a billion 1% that's the huge tax and don't get me wrong it would generate a huge amount of money i'm for this but it just shows how insane the opposition to these things could possibly be no how dare you challenge 1% of our income over a certain dollar amount. Keep in mind, these are known as progressive tax brackets, not not progressive in political ideology. Different definition of the word. The way it works is that extra tax that she's talking about, it's on every dollar above that limit. So this extra like 1% on everything over a billion that's literally on everything over a billion. That extra 1% or whatever it is does not apply to everything underneath. That's the same way it goes with all these tax brackets. So like, you know, the first 
100,000, the first million, the first 10 million, in this case, the first billion are at the lower tax rate. It's only everything above that that gets this extra ding. Which at one time, there was a time in history where it was close to 90%, close to 90% for the upper, upper tax bracket, which at one point applied to one person. They really went after some of these ultra-rich back in the day, believe it or not. We had these incredibly high tax brackets. And you know what we had at the same time? We had a booming middle class. We had a place where uh, workers were paid more than enough to live because owners, companies, realized, hey, I'd, I'd rather spend my money on my business, invest in the employees, build new facilities, upgrade them, buy new equipment. I'd rather do that, which is tax deductible, than just give the government money. Which is one of the whole reasons that we have not only taxes, but tax deductions. I hear a lot of people say, well, well, we should just get rid of all the deductions. No, the fuck we should not. They exist as an incentive. I want you to take every deduction there is that, that has value, that, that equals spending money. I, you know, the things where you get to hide money in offshore accounts and nonsense like that that does nothing for anybody. Well, that, that absolutely should be removed. But the idea that you can take that dollar of profit and put it back into your business and put it into your employees' pockets and we don't tax you on it, that's a good thing. That's why progressive tax brackets are a good thing. You can still make your pile of money here, and if you're making above that, well, now we're going to take a little extra. If you don't want us to take a little extra, put it into something. Remodel your building. Buy a new phone system for Matt Measure. It's the thing I sell. Um, and again, I, I don't want to beat these ideas too much because they're not going to pass. It's not going to happen. It's That's nice of you, Elizabeth Warren. Thank you for your progressive signaling. And don't get me wrong. She absolutely would love to see it through. She's not just saying that because it's what she has to say. But it'll never happen. Bernie had a similar proposal last week that already got killed. His idea uh, was tying the minimum wage to these companies. So if there's a particular sized huge company, they would get all kinds of additional taxes if they didn't pay their people at least $15 an hour. I think it was a phenomenal idea. Of course, the corporations and their puppets, the Democrats, yeah, fuck, oh, we can't fucking do that. Like, no, guys, we're, we're trying to kill this minimum wage. We can't find some way to circumvent that and still make Walmart pay their fair share. Then they'll stop paying us. Let's get into some local news. From Syracuse.com, we've got uh, a story about the Syracuse Technology Garden. Uh, the Tech Garden is a cool thing. Uh, I had one of my first offices and actually the first podcast studio in Syracuse that I opened was part of the Tech Garden. Uh, I also used to be their IT provider for some years. 
so I, I know the place well. I know the operation well. It's run by Center State CEO. And what Center State CEO is is the uh, local chamber of commerce. And a couple things I want to point out here is they do a lot of great work, uh, especially this Tech Garden program. I've personally benefited, and I know a lot of other people have, and, and it's phenomenal. Um, at the same time, Center State CEO is a for-profit company. A lot of people think that they're a, a non-profit community organization because of the amount of government funding they get and, and things like that. Not true. They're a for-profit venture. And don't ever forget that. At the same time, again, they're doing some great things for the business community. They're doing great things to bring technology into central New York. Um, sometimes one of my criticisms of them is that they focus a little too much on the really sexy technology. But the reason they do that is, A, it, it attracts attention, it attracts companies, and it attracts funding. For-profit company. But they have just gotten a grant, $12 million, to expand the Tech Garden. Now, what the Tech Garden is, just so you know, uh, it's an incredible building that started out its history many years ago as a parking garage. Uh, it was once a parking garage in downtown Syracuse. They have uh, remodeled it and turned it into a gorgeous one-story building. The plan is to build up, build on top of it, and uh, it says triple the space, so I'm just going to go out on a limb and, and say that they're probably making it a three-story building. All this sounds great. More space for entrepreneurs, budding businesses, uh, which is the whole goal of the place. <clears throat> But here's the uh, conundrum. The city of Syracuse actually owns the property. And they lease it to Center State for a dollar a year. I've had this long-term lease in the interest of economic development, uh, which is great. But now the, the city council uh, is coming to, the, to Center State and they're saying, well, listen, in exchange for this basically free building that you're now going to triple the size of, which keep in mind, that means they don't pay taxes on it. It's not because they're a nonprofit organization and they own a piece of property that's not taxable. They found a way to circumvent that. The city owns it. So obviously the city isn't taxing themselves. These guys get to lease it. It's a really cool creative way to get all the advantages of a nonprofit organization while you're running a for-profit company. Make that how you will. Um, but what the city is saying is, listen, you're building this big building. We're giving it to you basically for free. We want to split the profits. Center State says, well, that's a deal breaker. Primarily because there are no profits. Um, he wants to keep the same terms, which is on the current lease, which is there's there's no such thing as profit sharing. It's just the, the dollar lease. Um, his argument is his organization is improving the city-owned asset and taking all the risk, which is 
to some degree a valid argument, right? They're the ones that secured this money. Of course, it's state grant money. So it's tax money. But whatever. Um, they are behind it. They're leading the charge. They're going to run the project. All that. It it's all has value. I get that. Right? But the other thing that I guess is weird is it almost seems like your argument makes it a moot point. And what I mean by that is if you say this thing doesn't make any money, who cares if you sign a profit-sharing agreement? You'll say, sure, I'll give you half of nothing. Or is it that you don't actually expect it to make nothing? Is it that even though this one-story building is not a profit center for you, a brand new, effectively free, keep in mind, you get a grant to build it, $12 million grant, so the entire project will cost more than sixteen. Um, that means maybe they're going to get a half, like a three and a half million dollar mortgage on this. I doubt it. I wouldn't be shocked if before this thing is done, they find enough, uh, additional free funding to foot the whole bill. So the entire building is completely free for them. And by the time you fill that out, that might be profitable. Maybe it won't be the, the loss leader that it currently is, and hence the reason why you don't want to sign a profit-sharing agreement. I don't know, man. It's it's kind of a self-defeating argument, if you ask me. We can't give you any money because we're not going to make any money. Seems like you could just make them happy and say yes. Unless there was something else going on. Um, but to do this all, they need this long-term lease, so they're, they're really hashing it out. It says uh, the Tech Garden brought in 235 thousand dollars in revenue last year and spent 927 on staffing that's surprising to me uh, knowing what i know about at least the number of people they used to employ um but he says we're so far underwater on the building we're constantly trying to find new ways to generate revenue um yeah we get it right like you're you're trying hard to claim that you're not getting anywhere with this. But you're clearly still doing it, right? So there's clearly something going on. Um I don't I don't know exactly what's gonna happen, but you know, I I, I really like this resource and I really want to see it continue and I want to see it expand. Because what they do is they do give uh, in some cases, reduced rent. In some cases, uh, if a business can afford it, they charge the same market rate of any place in town. But you get uh, utilities, including uh, high-speed internet connection. And you get use of their facilities where they have a, a gorgeous theater and conference rooms where when we used to be able to have events... Included in your rent was the ability to book those spaces for free and, and hold events in this beautiful downtown space. It's a phenomenal advantage. Um, you know, they've done great things for a lot of businesses. A lot of companies have gotten their start, mine included, in the Tech Garden. Um, and I want to see that continue, but let's let's be fair. 
and let's, you know, I'm more interested in the in the greater good of the community and the economy than I am this one particular, again, for-profit company. Love the things they do. That doesn't mean that, you know, we can't talk about everything else that happens. Enough of that. What else we got? Uh, this is just cool. Let's. We might end on this. This is just nerdy. It cool. may look like toothpaste, but this 3D printing technology is spitting out a 1,900 square foot house. The concrete foundation, interior and exterior walls, and utility conduits. This is the final product. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible, and I, I think this is the future. Because you can do this in like no time. And the thing about it is, well, let's just let them hear it. It's, it's We're trying cool. to build houses uh, in half the time for half the price. New York-based SQ4D printed the model home in about two days with barely three workers, and it's cheap. Our profits will be higher, and we will be able to show that with more projects that we do. How do you sell a 3D printer? So this is like a conundrum, right? When we think about all these things, because the first thought that comes to mind is like, "Oh shit, we can we can build cheap houses like this, quick and easy. We can solve our homeless problem." I mean, sure. Unless you look at the reality that we have three times as many vacant homes today, right now, in the United States as we do homeless people. We could literally give every homeless person in the United States a free house. And there'd still be two more empty for each one that we gave away. So, to some degree, talking about new ways to build new shit is a little silly. That being said, we do in many cases, in many places, need new structures. If we can do this in a quick and efficient and economical way, I like it. I'm here for it. Printed house. I'd like to think it sells itself. What is the weirdest thing anybody has ever said to you when they walk into this place? Oh man, is it plastic? The company now has the permits to build on this site That's down the, the road. Thing. The first 3D printed home for sale to the public. 1,500 square feet, three bedrooms, two baths, listed 300K. at just under $300,000. That's about half the price of a comparable new home in the area. The offers are in the. So that's not going to work, right? I mean, nobody, nobody's going to sell a house. I guess maybe the developer, if he wanted to, would show up, build this brand new beautiful house and sell it for half the price. People will buy it up in a second, but the first guy that buys it is just going to flip it. Why? Why would you why would you sell a comparable home for half the price? It just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. I mean, morally, that's great, but we have to accept the reality of the world that this is a $600,000 neighborhood and I can get a house for half price and it's brand new and beautiful. Yeah, sure. I'm going to live there. Sure. Uh, can I get, I want to live in three places. Can I get three of those? Oh, shucks. I just, I got to sell them a month later. Double my money instantly. And now that house is back to full market rate. Seems like a little 
hiccup in the plan here. In the thousands. We are getting, people, people are seeing the price across the nation and loving that. Of course, this does have an incredible advantage if you're someone who just wants to build their own new efficient home and you're going to live there. Fuck yeah. But like I said, these guys, and as you can see, they're building it as a model and immediately putting out for sale. Let's not talk about the money you're saving because that's going to be over in one transaction. Potential buyers like the Johnsons from Kansas City are already lining up. We've been looking since uh, September of last year. A lot of the homes in the two counties are just impossible to find. Why the fuck would you want to move from Kansas City to Long Island? Of all the places you could move to. Anything at this price. And this quality. So this is the result, the raw result of 3D printing. It's kind of like concrete corduroy, but if you don't love this look. They concrete corduroy. Well, that just makes it sound cool. I just bought a new pair of corduroy pants for the first time in 20 years, and I don't know if they're even still, like, popular. But fuck, I love them. They can smooth it out for you and make it look just like a regular wall, but for the home builders, this is a real game changer. Right now, they're up against a severe labor shortage as well as skyrocketing prices for lumber, and both of them... I call bullshit on the labor shortage. We have record high unemployment. You mean to tell me you can't find laborers? I call shenanigans on that. Lack of demand, I could maybe see. But there's no lack of people that want to do construction jobs. Traditionally, that's a trade that pays halfway decently. Those are combining to just make their costs really, really difficult right now. So this could address both of those. Back to you guys. The yeah. lumber is, is legit. I've seen a lot of people talking about that. That market, uh, it's exploding in costs. Diana, that's amazing. And it, the argument now largely seems to be price for 3D printing and, and what it can do in real estate. But 3D printing technology should allow companies to create shapes perhaps do things with engineering that are impossible under traditional methods. Do you think that there's a premium end of this? That's the, you know what? This gentleman has an incredible point, and he's right. And I almost feel like um, this, this company with their first demo house might have missed the boat a little bit because they made it such a typical home. I mean, I guess I understand the point of being able to show off that, look, we can do identically for half the price. But at the same time, like this guy says, we can do unique shapes. We can do curves, which is something that's incredibly difficult to do in a stick-built house. Um, you know, let's do something really cool. Let's 3D print an incredibly unique house, a house that's the shape of a tree so you can live like a fucking Keebler elf. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but And I'm sure they will do these things. But I'm excited to see that type of thing. That's that's what we'll really get excited about. 3D printing and construction market? Absolutely. In fact, we were talking to the builder about what the outside of the house could look like. And he was saying that you could put literally any image into the 3D printer and customize the outside of the home. So it would look like shingles or it would look like a different type of wood. You could even put your That's face sweet. on the front of the home if you wanted to. So the possibilities are really. Can you imagine that? Like, 
it's just going to look like Grand Theft Auto or it's going to look like, uh, I think of like Call of Duty where you can customize things and put your sticker on them and shit. Can you imagine driving down the neighborhood and seeing people's houses look like that? Or looking like tattoos? Can you imagine if you drove down the neighborhood and, and every house looked like a tattoo sleeve of the person that lives there? Might be kind of cool. And we can get away from these like cookie cutter, one color drive down a neighborhood. You ever drive down one of these neighborhoods and literally it, it looks like they built the houses simultaneously, just hit copy and paste and change the color? little variety, little creativity in the world. I think it's a good thing. Endless with the technology. It's just going to be a question of what the buyers want and if the builders really, really buy into it. <laughs> Not my face. No, no thank you. But, but point taken. Uh, Diana Oleg. Yes, nobody's going to put your face on their home, sir. Quality zinger. And with that, we'll end the show. <laughs> Guys, I want to thank you for watching the Matt Major Show. Uh, as I mentioned yesterday, uh, we're trying this new like uh, instant replay deal. So if you joined halfway through the show or, or even just a few minutes ago and you want to catch the start of it, just stick around. Give me just a second, and i got to take the uh, the video that we just streamed live, and I will blast it right back to you as a replay. So you can check that out. And, of course, please follow, subscribe, like. You can subscribe to my Twitch channel right here totally for free with your Amazon Prime subscription. That helps me. Costs you nothing. Jeff Bezos gives me, you know, the lint out of his toes. It's a good time. Good time head by all.